Hello, and welcome to episode four of Latiku Community. I'm Jade Kirian. And I'm Paul Adrian. And we'd like to thank you all so much for joining us for this live event. This series is dedicated to timely topics that support our community of content creators. And because we're in touch with so many journalists and newsrooms on a daily basis, and we were journalists ourselves, we think it's an important time to have a conversation surrounding mental wellness. The goal over the next 45 minutes or so is to not just talk about the things that can bog you down or lead you to burnout, but have you walk away with some simple tips that can help reduce stress and guide you to becoming a happier person. To do this, we are turning to two journalists who have been in the business for a while, who have found ways over the years to create more balance in their own lives and in their journey to find hobbies and passions outside of work and moments just to take a deep breath. They're helping their fellow journalists to do the same. That's right. We want to welcome Leslie Rangel and Carrie Winchell. Leslie is a morning anchor in Austin, and Carrie is the digital content director at KOLR in Springfield, Missouri. Leslie founded the News Yogi, Yoga for Journalists. And through social media, virtual classes, and events like this, she creates a safe space for all journalists and helps address burnout and equips them with tools to handle the stress of news. Carrie sees and experiences stress firsthand as a newsroom manager. And over the years, she has learned how to disconnect from the demands of the job and focus on interests outside of work. That also includes yoga. Just this year, Carrie decided to get trained to become a yoga teacher. And she also takes many other classes to get moving after sitting behind a desk all day. Welcome, Leslie and Carrie. We are excited to learn from you today. Hi, ladies. Okay, before we jump in, we need to hear the story behind how you two know each other and are connected because news is such a small world. I know you just saw each other for the first time today, but you know each other. Um, yeah, I actually became familiarized with Leslie. She was hosting a New Year's Eve um, program for our broadcast company, Nextstar, a few years back. And I began to follow her on social media and I wasn't yet a yoga teacher, but I was kind of interested in becoming one. And I saw, I've seen, watched Leslie kind of develop the news yogi over the years. And it's been really exciting to see. And I remember when I first started following her, I messaged her and I'm like, you're a journalist who also does yoga. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. It's similar story. I, Carrie, I had actually not put two and two together until yesterday that, uh, that the connection was made after the new year's Eve, um, hosting. And so that was really fun, but it, you know, every time I see you in your post, I'm like, yes, another news yogi. So yeah, that's kind of how we got connected. It's a small business as they say. <laughs> That's great. Now, now, you have both been in the business for a while, and I'm wondering what you're witnessing in your newsrooms. What are you seeing? How's, how's what's going on impacting folks' mental health? Yeah. Um, so as a newsroom manager, I kind of see all aspects of it from the newsroom. I don't ever get to go out in the field, but especially last year, I could just see, you know, it was stressful for everyone, not just journalists, but 
um, it became difficult to just constantly see this news and constantly feel like you had to be plugged in. I know a lot of my reporters and producers, just there wasn't a lot else to do. So they were just constantly consuming news and that became stressful. And we all, we did become closer as a newsroom. We kind of leaned on each other and supported each other. And I think that is really important. I know not every newsroom has that, but if you can even just cultivate that in your little corner of the newsroom, that's, that's really important. But yeah, it's been a a stressful last year and a half that's kind of hard to escape for journalists. You know, one thing that, you know, goes to our mind that we hear in the news about a lot of industries is that people are leaving their jobs. And I'm wondering if that's something that you see in the news industry as well. It is in my corner of the world. Yeah. I think that after the last year and a half, people are kind of wanting something different. Um, and that's that's kind of a struggle in the industry right now. I think that the people who are, you know, staying really are the ones who want to be there. And as a leader in the newsroom, myself and my, my news director, Lisa, we're really trying to just kind of create a supportive environment for the people who, who are in our newsroom, who maybe are struggling and we we want them to know they can come to us. I think that's really important for newsroom leaders to kind of be that calming, supportive presence right now. As a working journalist, Carrie, I, I love and so appreciate managers like yourself who are there to support us. I, um, you know, I, I have the role of full-time anchor and I do, I am in the field sparingly uh, for, for segments that I produce. Um, but anecdotally, just even friends in the industry, I think, I think a lot of people are just fed up, you know, they're fed up with being treated as, as less than um, on so many levels, you know, as, as journalist, um, for sure, as a woman of color, I think the conversation has really, over this past year and a half really amplified is this industry really doing me a service and and am i you know in turn doing the industry a service and so that's that's a little bit of of why i'm so passionate i think on on normalizing this conversation on mental health because so many good journalists are are leaving and and i just can't help but think what could change to really keep these people in journalism? Because as we know, I think right now more than ever before, we need good journalists. Absolutely. And it's clear the perception of reporters and news people has changed, right? Back in the day, a reporter, a photographer would show up somewhere and they'd be viewed as a local celebrity. Now it's not always popular showing up to cover a meeting or a protest. Some reporters are scared for their safety. And we have a short video right now illustrating a concerning season for journalists. We have a security team with all of our correspondents.
fence. Do you have a way out of there? Okay, they're shooting, guys. Put your helmets on. Miguel, stay with me. Okay, we got gas. Continuing to fire at us. No, I mean, we're doing our job. The thing is, we were in that parking lot all by ourselves with two other people behind us. Everybody else was cleared out, and they fired at us. They fired at us to clear us away, but we were clearly had our television camera visible, so they were definitely taking an aggressive action to move everybody out, including us. Now, there was a time when that would have all been considered really extreme. And, you know, given what we've seen over the last 12 months, it doesn't feel that extreme anymore. Um, Leslie, I'm going to come to you now because you're out covering stories. I'm wondering how seeing something like what we just watched affects your mindset each day. Yeah, I'll, I'll be quite honest. Um, that was a little triggering for me. So, and, and as I can imagine, if there are other journalists watching this right now, it might've been for them. So I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to do a resourcing exercise just to, you know, continue this conversation. But but for any journalists that are out there, you, you know, if y'all feel free to join in, um, really just notice your feet on the ground right now and, and notice, what your breath is like and and really take a moment here to really imagine the oxygen moving into your lungs noticing the temperature of the room and also notice your body what would what can you notice that might be different about what your body is feeling right now as opposed to when we started this conversation and i think it's moments like that 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 really really highlight what journalists are going through i myself was not in the midst of protests like that, but I certainly had coworkers who were in the midst of protests like that. I had coworkers that I was watching on TV um, as they had tear gas. You know, they they were trying to get the tear gas out of their eyes. And and back at the stations, like you feel helpless. My husband's also a journalist, and he was in the midst of protests. And so, thinking back to that, and then me going afterwards to cover. You know the aftermath of all this and not knowing in it in that situation you know yes i'm covering this the day after but but this, this is still very raw seeing my community broken um like this so to speak and so i think it's moments like this that that highlight the importance of what journalists go through on a day-to-day -day basis and and i like to offer that you know, these are very triggering and very traumatic images and experiences that we're going through. And and trauma, by definition, you know, it, it varies for, for many different people, but I'd like to offer a different uh, definition of trauma. Trauma is simply something that, that overwhelms the body and, and the body doesn't really know how to respond to it. And so for that reason, it can be triggering in so many ways for, for whoever is viewing this. And so what happens is trauma is not so much the memory of, of an incident or, or an experience. Trauma is simply the response that your body had to it. So in that moment, you know, I, I felt the back of my neck get warm and, and I felt a little tingly sensation. I'm like, ah, 
I know there's still definitely there's something there. And so maybe later I'm going to talk about it with my therapist, you know, just being candid. Um, But it's in these moments again that I think really highlight what journalists are going through on on a day to day basis and and how we're actively still in the midst of covering things like this and not knowing, you know, I know right now many people are on alert for September 18th and and what's going to happen in DC. Um, so it, it's it's ongoing. It's ongoing what we're going through. Yeah, and I wonder as Carrie uh, watched that, um, you know, did you think about h- how you have to talk to your reporters or how you are talking to your reporters and photographers? What do you do to help them cope with things like that? Yeah, that is scary to watch. I was, we were fortunate enough in our market, we we never had anything to that extreme. Um, however, I think in the newsroom for those who are leading, for us, it starts before the crews even go out. So my news director always made a point when we were covering events um, like protests and demonstrations that our journalists, their safety is of utmost importance. And if you feel uneasy or unsafe, you know, we will not question you if you leave. And just, we, we went over things like situational awareness and things like that. But I think letting the people in our newsroom know that they are people first, that we care about them as human beings, not just what soundbite did you get, what story did you get, what footage did you get. Your safety is our utmost concern. That That is what we really, really focused on last summer and fall. Um, as this went on, and as I said, we, we didn't have anything that extreme, but you know, when people walk back in the door, you don't have to be a manager to do this. If you're, you know, a producer, if you weren't out there, just look in someone's eyes and say, are you okay? How do you feel right now? Just being, um, just showing that compassion and that caring and letting people know that that they're, they're a person, they're a human being, they're not a job. <laughs> you know, I think that is, that is key for really anyone who is working in a tense environment like that. You know, I think what you just said is so important that asking people, how are you doing? You know, we'll all remember that moment when Meghan Markle was interviewed and the reporter said, well, how are you doing? And she broke down, she started crying because nobody really asked her that before, right? And I think as reporters and photographers, as news people, I remember being in the news business and you just go day to day, you know, cover that story, you know, make sure you hit that deadline. And maybe you're going to the hurricane today and then to the shooting later, but you, you took it all in. And Leslie, you weren't like, you were just compressing it. Most people are just compressing it. It just goes down and nobody's saying, Hey, how are you doing? Um, Leslie, you built a community as the news yogi, all while waking up at 2 a.m. and anchoring a morning show. You manage a website. You put out a ton of helpful content on social media. How did this evolve for you? When did the light bulb go off that you could combine your love for journalism and yoga and help others? 
Yeah, thank you for asking. I um, well, before we proceed, I know there are some questions in the chat that are pretty important. Um, will we have time at the end to address some of those questions? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. perfect. Perfect. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wonderful. Um, so we'll get the, to the questions uh, in a little bit later on. Um, going back to how the news yogi got started. So I, I, one of my market stops was in Oklahoma city and in Oklahoma city, it was, it was a wild news market. <laughs> That's the best way I know how to describe it. It was, um, covering tornadoes, also covering earthquakes, covering, um, corruption within the police department, anything you name it, we had it. And so at the time I began using yoga tools to help regulate everything that I was going through, not only through uh, experiencing trauma and covering news, but also in my personal life. And so I took the tools and, and always, you know, wondered what would it be like if I could share this with other journalists. And, and so that carried on uh, for, for a few years until at the height of the pandemic, a good friend and mentor of mine, she's a CBS News correspondent, Deborah Alfaron, she said, Leslie, you seem to have it all together in the midst of this pandemic. I, I mentor a group of women. Can you lead a meditation for us? And I was really nervous about it because I frankly, I've never heard of, of journalists being okay with meditation. You know, you mentioned how many journalists we just suppress things and, and that's it. And so I decided to lead it. I, I led the meditation and and what was so just like that light bulb moment for me was as soon as we got done um with a meditation there was silence and i was like oh great like people hated it they're not ready to talk about breathing and, and meditation and energy in the body but there was like a, a a split second and then everyone said where do we get more of this how do we do more and and it just it that's really how how it started and um, and I started teaching online classes and, and we had a community, I have a community of, of people who show up and I've taught at journalism conferences and it's just, it's so incredible. I mean, at one point, um, I taught uh, one of the IRE investigative reporter and editors conferences, and we had 175 journalists all on zoom doing yoga. And it was just like, this is so beautiful and it's incredible and and it just highlights how important and how needed these tools are to help regulate some of this stress, some of this trauma, some of this PTSD. Um, and, and that's what it is, is yoga is just one of those tools and, and alluding a little bit to answer that question, you know, I think it, it's another tool in the toolbox, you know, just how reporters and, you know, we, we learn to do everything. We learn how to produce and edit and, and interview and social media and all the things, you know, yoga is just another one of those tools that you put in your mental wellness toolkit, so to speak. I, I have yoga. I have uh, therapy in there. I have dance. I have gardening. I have cooking. I have uh, spending time with friends. Carrie, I know you've got <laughs> some really cool tools in your wellness toolbox. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's really interesting because I can remember a time in my life, and I was an investigative reporter, and it's so easy to get caught up in that world, and yeah. it consumes your energy. 
totally consumes your energy. And I remember going to a conference and meeting somebody and, um, you know, talking after one of the panels. And the question came to me, what else do you do? <laughs> and I was a guy, you know, who did a lot of things prior to becoming a journalist. You know, I was a band guy, you know, I had all these things in my life. But once I became a journalist, it really consumed my life force. And I think that is easy to let happen in a world where you get up early and stay up late mm -hmm. and hang out with the same people all the time that are in your, your newsroom. And so I think what's really interesting, you know, potentially about this conversation with both of you is that you all have found ways to break out of that journalism only trap. And for sure. Yeah, I, um, for years in my, I started off as a producer. I was a producer for a long time and then moved into management. I still produce a lot, but um, for years, I, I prided myself in, I work the hardest. I am always on my phone. I do this. And kind of my light, light bulb moment was very recently when, um, you know, I began yoga teacher training and my social media became more posting about yoga and posting about the things I'm enjoying. And several of the younger women in my, in my newsroom have said to me that that's so inspiring and not that like, I'm so inspiring, but I realized I, the, the best example that I can set for the younger journalists in my room is not I work the hardest. I'm always answering emails. The best example I can set is, hey, I've got something else that fills me up and I don't need to prove anything as far as how hard I work. They know how hard I work. You know, I don't need to prove that. The best example I can set for other people and be inspiring to other people, um, and Leslie, you're very inspiring to me, <laughs> um, is, is to have something else in my life that I'm passionate about. And I'd say you're both inspiring. Um, let's talk a little bit about signs to look for. Uh, how does someone know they might be struggling? This is a list from Leslie. You put this out to your followers. Can you walk us through some of these symptoms, Leslie? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there there's a level and, and a point where it's more than just having a bad day, right? So are you irritable? And and these, I, so I'll give you a little background on, on where some of these came from. I just completed a, um, I've lost count on how many hours. I think this would be 800. So I've completed 800 hours of yoga teacher training. This last 300 hour course was with uh, psychotherapist Ashley Turner. And so we, talk a lot about how yoga specifically intertwines with uh it's the it's the study of eastern and western philosophy of mental health the yoga world and psychology world and so these are some of the signs you may be struggling with burnout and and possibly signs of of trauma um so are you irritable irritable constantly 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 and this was something that i really struggled with was i would show up in the newsroom and i would just i would just be in a bad mood and and I I anything at all would just 
it was really irritable for me. Also lack of sleep. There were some nights that I just really couldn't sleep, um, constantly tired due to the lack of sleep. And comparing yourself to others, that was something I was constantly doing. I think we all have different experiences and in newsrooms, some, you know, even within the same newsroom, someone can have a great experience, someone can have a very toxic experience. And so for me in that particular time and space where I was at, I was constantly comparing myself to others and wondering, well, am I as good as this reporter? Am I as, you know, am I doing this? Should I be doing more? What more can I be doing? So Carrie, when you said, you know, you were essentially the yes woman. I, I can completely relate. I, I wanted to make myself available at all times, but it was at the root of comparing myself to others and absolutely anxiety about going to work. I mean, there were some mornings where I, I, I would be late frequently and it wasn't necessarily, now I know, it wasn't necessarily because of my time management. It was because I was waiting until the last possible minute because I knew that going into that morning meeting was just going to be met with, you know, you're not enough and and these feelings and and um you know maybe there was some truth to them in terms of what i was receiving um you know what i was being told but ultimately i it was just it was a dreadful thing and and at some point i knew that the way i was coping was not a healthy way i was i was turning to alcohol i was just making a lot of uh decisions that could have led to very scary situations. And, and I think it was at that point that I knew something is wrong here. I'm, I'm not just having a bad day or it's not just me running late every day. Like this, something is happening. So we have a team member at Latica and sometimes when we're having a stressful conversation about something that broke, you'll say, <laughs> On a good note, so I will say on a good note, there are ways to change those bullet points that you just gave us, right, Leslie? And we understand that you very much focus on helping turn those symptoms around um, through your, your yoga tutorials and classes that you do online. Here are a couple of the videos that you've put out uh, for folks um, meeting them really where they are. Four ways to flip the funky news day. Number one, be present. Forget about the past. Number two, you're in control of how your day goes. Three, show gratitude, even if this moment is ordinary. And four, let go of the funk. I literally don't get paid enough for this. You're right, you don't get paid enough. Go in there and ask for your worth. So over news, I'm just gonna quit my job. But trust me, you're a storyteller for a reason. It must be nice to feel appreciated in your newsroom. Do you appreciate you? In the words of the wise, sometimes you can't keep forcing yourself into places that don't want you. Get out there and find a newsroom that sees your worth. I love that last one. Uh, I really enjoy how you keep them quick and to the point. You incorporated yoga moves as well in some of these. Um, we've also got some video of you doing yoga. We might be able to play it here. Um, this is just a five-minute yoga routine that people can do in the mornings. Um, we might not see all of it here, but if you follow at the News Yogi, you definitely will get a taste of that. Um, and if you could just talk about 
some of those things that you try to incorporate in social media real quick? Um, because you're trying to keep people focused, keep it quick. So how do you do that? Yeah, I, and I think that's the biggest misconception is a lot of times, you know, people say, okay, I get that mental wellness is important and I get that yoga is doing great, but where do you really find the time, right? I think, I think finding the time is really where we, we tend to make a big deal out of it. And really it's so small. So like those videos, for example, you know, that I, I learned that in those moments that where maybe I had a lot of stress and anxiety showing up to um, a newsroom or a meeting and, and I would think, oh, you know, am, am I going to be good enough? Am I, am I are my stories going to be good enough? Um, you know, what if such and such manager just hates it? Then you just question that and then, well, did they say they hated it? Do they really dislike you? And so you begin to doubt your doubts, so to speak. Like, did did those words come out of this person's mouth? Are are you assuming or and are you believing these lies that maybe aren't even true? And just like we did earlier, you know, we saw that video that was a little emotional. And so what are some ways we can be present? You know, what are some ways that we can remind ourselves that Yes, that that may have happened before, but right here, right now, we are in this space. I am here in my space. I've got my plants behind me. I'm in a safe space and and doing movement in the morning. You know, I, I do not because I have a two o'clock in the morning wake up call. I do not wake up and do two hours of yoga. I don't even do an hour of yoga. I literally wake up and I do just a few movements, just a quick check in in the morning. Oh, like, let's see, let's move. What is my body feeling this morning? Um, what does a successful day look like for me? Sometimes, you know, I, I took this train, I took this from a training that I did with NPPA, uh, National Press Photographers Association. And, and they said, you know, not every story that you shoot is going to be NPPA award-winning. And I took that with me and you can apply it to everything. You know, I'd love to go out there and every single day, every single story think like this one's going to get an Emmy. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is we're humans and, and some days you're going to get in there and it, it is going to be Emmy award-winning work or whatever award, you know, maybe just a, a, an award for yourself, a Leslie award, and that's going to be great. And then some days it's going to be such a rough day that all you can do to make a successful day for yourself is just to get through the day and maybe you remember to eat a snack and that's a successful day. And so I, I think we trivialize so much like where do we find the time but really we we make the time you know a quick five minutes how many times have we all been scrolling on twitter or instagram and it's just like before you know it, 15 minutes have gone by and even then you know you could still scroll for five minutes and then set aside five minutes for yourself to really just take a breath unclench your jaw soften the brow relax the shoulders and just do a quick little reset that's great. You know, I think one of the things about journalism is when you have a conversation like this, you know, it's natural for us to go so show those horrible videos, which are very triggering. <laughs> but the reality is journalism itself is a world that has stress baked into it, right? I mean, there are a lot of things on the line every day, deadlines, that whole making slot thing, which people in news business understand, people outside the news business you know, never think about the importance of 6 p.m. Exactly. Are you there? 
or not, you know, and what goes into making a story before that, you know, in, you know, the short amount of time, which is a very short amount of time, one day from conception to, you know, going out in the field yeah. to finding somebody to interview, to putting it all together. Um, big reason the Latico exists is we're trying to make that easier on folks. Mm -hmm. But the reality is it's a challenge. And then now we're in a world where everybody, not everybody, but a lot of folks in the business are multimedia journalists, right? What we used to call one man bands where you it's shoot accepted. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> how you do it. Edit it. Yeah, yeah, you do everything. You might even have to set up your own live shot and do mm -hmm. that by yourself, stuff that used to take a team. So if you were to give two or three, you know, steps, you know, that that somebody out in this life can keep in mind, you know, to make that life a little bit easier, what would they be? Yeah, question for both of you, really. Carrie, do you want to go first? Yes. So, um, <clears throat> Leslie, you actually led us through a wonderful one, just grounding and being present earlier after we watched that video. Um, a couple more, something, power poses. That's something we think of, you know, power pose. But there's, there's actually a TED Talk. I can tweet out the link that shows there's research scientifically that making a power pose, making yourself big, taking up space, that changes your nervous system, that changes your mental state and makes you feel better. So that's something you can do if you're just kind of waiting for a live shot and you're nervous. Um, again, I've never been in that situation, but just, just make it big, take a deep breath, you know, just take up space. That space is yours. Um, that can make you just feel better in the moment. And also breathing that does have effects on your nervous system. And I, I struggle with kind of calming my mind down. So I will just like inhale for a count of four, hold for a count of four, exhale for a count of four. It, it's just enough to keep my mind busy. And that breathing is also having effects on my body. Um, <clears throat> and then something that I do that, you know, we don't have a lot of time sometimes in breaking news, but I will come up with like a mantra or just something I can remind myself of. Like, I have done hard things before, or I can do this. I'm enough. Something like that. Just remind yourself, I've encountered stressful things before, and, and I can do this thing that is in front of me. And even like counting on your fingers, sometimes I'll do this, I can do this. It just gives you <laughs> something to do yeah yeah so those are my tips <laughs> really really great yeah i i love those um the breathing one is one of my favorites uh i call that box breathing and it's actually the same type of breathing that navy seals use whenever they are in high stress situations and right before they go out and and complete these crazy missions they'll do a round of box breathing the four counts hold exhale hold so that one's a really great one i also love a stop meditation because that's something that's super easy especially in these high stress situations right before a live shot or right before a newscast so stop you literally just stop you take a breath take a look around so the o observe s-t-o-p <laughs> and then pause pause, right? Pause and then proceed with the now. And it's just the same idea of just grounding, grounding in the moment. 
And, um, and it, I've found it very, very helpful, especially in those situations where you do tend to get a little bit of anxiety. It's like, okay, stop, take a look around, observe what's happening around you and then proceed proceed with the now. Um, so I, I would definitely say those two. And, and lastly, a walking meditation. I think a lot of times it's underestimated how nice a, a quick walking meditation can be. And literally you can time it out 30 seconds, especially if you are out in the field already, just take a quick break. You know, as soon as you submit your script and you're waiting for news managers to approve your script, Take a walk around, even your news unit, um, and, and really take a look around. Notice any grass that you see. What color is it? How tall are the trees around you? Can you smell anything? What are some textures you can feel? You know, Do you have a pen? Is your phone in your hand? Is it cool to the touch? Do you have a case? And so all of these tools to just orient you to being present in the moment. Because if we think by definition what anxiety is, anxiety is the fear of the future. Depression is the fear of what's happened in the past. And so when we can really learn to live in the present moment, that's where life is happening. Absolutely. We've been talking about things journalists can do on an individual basis. You guys gave us tips. What about the newsroom culture when it comes to focusing on mental health? We know every station is different, um, but do you feel like they're doing enough and are equipped to help employees who are struggling with stress? I think, I think as a whole, every single newsroom in this country can do better with mental health. I think when we have conversations, and Carrie, I just want to praise you for a moment for being a news manager and being here to talk about mental health because, sure, I'm a newsroom leader, but at the end of the day, I'm not a news manager, and and it's hard, and and I. I have heard people, you know, say, well, that's nice that Leslie's doing that. And, and it really, you know, change starts, yes, from the bottom, but also at the top, you know, it, it's a whole approach. I, I truly dream of a world where, where one day every newsroom, you know, just like a school counselor, every newsroom will have a therapist in the newsroom and you can walk in and, and talk to them without having to go through these cumbersome, you know, HR routes and, and phone numbers that may or may not work and trying to figure out, is your therapist covered by the insurance? Is it not? Do you have the company insurance? Do you have your spouse's insurance? And so I, I, that's what I dream of. I dream of a world where, where we can be journalists and we can have therapists in the building that we can just walk into and, and talk to them. Um, but I think above all, something tangible that can happen now is really normalizing this conversation of mental health and, and knowing that whether you're taking the day to go to a concert or, or to visit a therapist or to have family time or just to sit at home after a really stressful time, that whatever situation it is, that it's not looked down upon because everybody copes differently. Harry? I think that's huge what you just said, Leslie, because as a manager, it is in a weird spot because when someone calls in sick, sometimes I have to do their job. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that is kind of a challenge, but I myself took a mental health day a few weeks ago um, because we do have you know, some short staffing issues and I just, I texted my news director and I said, I, I need to stay home today. So I did. And I think that is a, an important thing for 
management to be accepting of. And I think that just looking around and noticing when maybe people are doing too much because sometimes they're not going to tell you. Um, I have been that person who was doing too much and just I've gotten to the age now where I can say it, but I was afraid of, you know, being, you know, disappointing someone or something. So I wouldn't take a minute for myself and letting our younger employees in the newsroom know that, that they need, they might need to, to take a minute. Um, yeah, I think, I think there are a lot of things that could change. Um, and maybe just this, what we're doing now, talking about it letting letting everyone know that it's okay to say that that you're having a hard time it's okay to struggle and some of these just little tricks that we're saying they really do work you know we're not just they're not just woo woo they're not you know something for people who are weak there's something for everybody everybody needs to take a break and just focus on themselves every once in a while yeah you know Carrie talking about little tricks I, I wonder how much of the answer, you know, that we've been discussing up to this point, you know, in this conversation is, is really about changing your focus from something that's negative to something that's not negative. And I have a little bit of an anecdote myself here that I learned, you know, in my first, in my first reporting job and, you know, reporting, it can be so much fun. I mean, why do we do it? Such an adrenaline buzz, right? continually on a day-to-day -day basis, but there's always a certain segment of a newsroom, every newsroom I've ever worked in, <laughs> a certain negative segment, right? There's always one or two. Or that may be true folks. of all employment, right? It, it probably <laughs> is, but I mean, I do think that journalists are really, really professionally skilled almost <laughs> at finding problems, right? That's what right, we do professionally. Yeah, we go yeah. to the city council meeting and we don't list all the wonderful things, you know, about the budget. We typically list the things that are problems. We're trying to be critical, critical thinkers. And, yeah. And a danger of that is sometimes we focus that superpower inward to our own newsrooms. And every newsroom I've been in, there's always been a contingent of folks who will say, Carrie, apologies to you as a news manager. Oh my gosh, I can't believe what that producer did. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the news director, this has got to be the worst news director yeah. since news directors <laughs> were invented, you know? And, and I remember my first job, there was, a, there was a, a gentleman that worked there who was much more experienced than I was. He'd been in the business for a long time and I looked up to him and he was our bureau chief and he was also chief complainer. And I didn't realize at the time because I, I respected him so much, but he would tell us on a daily basis what was wrong <laughs> with the news management that wasn't him, you know, in our organization. Yeah. And, and one day, in spectacular fashion, he had this argument with the news director and did one of those things out of a movie. I mean, he, <laughs> he made some beautiful final statement, walked out the door, slammed it, and we're walking off at the parking lot, we were like, oh my gosh, you know, this guy just, he just, he just, you know, he quit mm -hmm. in, in, in a fashion that was quite dramatic. And, you know, we're all very sad because we like this guy because he's important to us. We thought he was very important to the newsroom. And what I realized afterwards, still as a very young journalist, is a week later, I felt better. 
And I looked around at the others in the, in the, in the bureau. They're like, do you feel better? And they did too. And it was like this negative, negative cloud had just disappeared and the sun had come out. And it was really the power of, of focusing on what was wrong. And not to say that anything was different the next day other than there wasn't somebody bringing that up. And yeah. so I wonder in your newsrooms, you know, how important you think it is to either dig deep into that <laughs> or to leave it behind and what it does for your own mental state. Yeah, that that's huge. Um, just focus. There are things in life that we can't change and we choose we choose the story we tell ourselves. Yes. You know, yeah. you are not a passive player in your life. You're not a passive player in your newsroom, in your environment. You choose what to think about things. And that's exactly, exactly right. You, you can choose to look at the positive, um, not to say that everything is perfect and everything has to be, you know, you have to say everything's wonderful all the time, but recognize what you can and can't change and choose to look at um, the things that are positive or look for solutions when something needs to be changed. Yes, I think we impact each other. And so if you've got a group of people and someone's always negative, they're going to impact, you know, the others. So that's, that is something really important to remember. Um, the question that's in the chat that I think that we should definitely address is um, what help is available out there for journalists suffering from PTSD? And I think, you know, PTSD for journalists, that's a real thing. Um, that a lot of people don't think about or realize. So is there something out there? Uh, Leslie, we'll go to you first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, my best advice would be to find a therapist. Um, there are really good resources um, for journalists of color. There is, um, I believe it's called therapy for journalists of color. And, um, and if this person wants to send me a DM, I can send them the links. I'm, I'm blinking right now. Also the Dart Center for Journalism and Trauma is a really great resource. Um, and I, I actually, I did a talk on this with, um, with some journalists for a different conference and, and one of my, uh, one of my fellow panelists, he specifically spoke about PTSD and his experiences. Um, I will say anecdotally, I have very much benefited from practices like EMDR and, and therapy. And so EMDR is a form of therapy. And, um, and, and I would too, it, you know, in the process of looking for therapists, I would encourage you to really research therapists. There are different therapists that are available for different things. Um, therapists that specifically will focus to uh, people of color, therapists that will specifically focus towards people who suffered from trauma, childhood trauma, and, and different kinds of things. So um, I know for sure DART Center for Journalism and Trauma right now is they are facilitating um, helping therapists and counselors learn how to really deal with journalists. I'm not quite sure where that program is right now, if that's just starting or if that's at the tail end and they are available, um, but that is a great, great resource. And um, yeah, so 
Great. Carrie, do you have any suggestions on that? Um, nothing that Leslie didn't already say. Therapy is um, probably a good way to go, but it is cumbersome, as we mentioned already, just sometimes finding, you know, insurance and things like that. So I would say don't give up. Um, if you have even a, a doctor, a medical doctor, maybe they can recommend someone, but I would say don't get discouraged because it is harder than it really should be to, to find that help sometimes. But um, I think that that is important and normalizing talking, talking about that. I, I have a therapist, you know, I think most people do nowadays and we should, we should not be ashamed of that. Yeah. And I think more and more insurance companies are starting to pick up not only therapy, but acupuncture and other ways of stress relief or, you know, relief when it comes to uh, mental wellness. So it's important that you look at that and see if you're, if you have that kind of coverage, because a lot of people do now. Yeah, absolutely. And and just real quick piggybacking off of what Carrie said, you know, it, sometimes it, it can be really difficult. And and of course, sometimes uh, financial situations uh, definitely play a part, especially in the journalism industry. So I would also recommend don't be afraid to ask therapists if they have a sliding scale. That is something that not a lot of therapists will post or, or list on their website. But but definitely ask if there's a sliding scale, ask if there are payment plans. Um, I, I know, trust me, I know. So um, don't be afraid to ask for that. There are definitely, you know, therapists go into therapy to help people. Yeah, absolutely. So finally, Leslie and Carrie, you know, both of you went through a transition of sorts, right? And I'm wondering when you started making changes in your own life, what did you notice, you know, in your job and your relationships and things you did outside the job as well? Um, yeah, I think we've kind of, when, when I was talking, we were talking about, you know, finding things outside of, of your career. What I've noticed is really fully embracing those things, not making myself feel guilty for going to a class and putting my phone in my locker for an hour, just really diving into that and enjoying it, that will give you energy to be more present at your job and to do kind of what you need to do to get through the day if you will take a little bit of time to fill yourself up and really embrace enjoying something. Even if it's sitting down and watching like your favorite TV show, you know, do it. Don't make yourself feel bad about it. That I've noticed a big difference in my stress level at work and my ability to kind of focus on others at work and focus on the task at hand if I can take some time to embrace my interests and passions outside of the newsroom. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think the change for me really showed up as really understanding that life isn't always rainbows and butterflies and, and to not always have this goal of, of always being happy. You know, life is life. It Life is life. And, and what really focusing on my mental health and, and doing yoga and teaching others yoga and, and just completely changing the trajectory that I was going is really learning to ride the waves of life.
and learning that sometimes it's going to be up and sometimes it's going to be down. And what is it that's going to keep me in that constant balance? You know, if, if I know I'm going to have a bad day or, or if I'm, you know, it's going to be a stressful week, what are some things that I can do to set myself up for it to get me through that as opposed to, you know, going in thinking, well, I should just be happy because somebody else has it better or worse. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think really it, it, it's all about finding balance because, you know, who are we kidding? Life is hard. Life is really hard, but, but we're not alone because for every, you know, situation that I'm going through, at least one person here has gone through it. And, and, and I think that's what, what this is all about is, is knowing that you're not alone and, and really finding those tools that can keep us in balance and let us know that it, it's okay to not be okay. We, we're all there. We've all been there at some point. Yeah. I think I tell my daughter all the time, you know, life is hard. Life is pain and celebrate when things go right. You know, a win is a win. And if you can, if you can take that in, then you're going to be okay because you are going to take those moments to, for self-realization and, and, and breathing and all those things will help, but just realize that you should be grateful for what you have in this moment. Um, and I think that is a good thing to leave people with, you know, gratefulness. Um, I don't see any other questions in the chat. Do you folks see any questions in the chat? I'll ask our production team over here. Nope. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, we just want to say thank you to the two of you for everything you're doing to help others. And thank you for your time with us today. Here's how those of you out there watching and listening can connect with these two ladies on social media and online to find Leslie, just search for the news Yogi and Carrie is at Mrs. W rocks. I like that on Twitter and Mrs. W Rocks Yoga on Instagram. The, um, did I miss something there? No, I don't think I did. Okay. We also <laughs> want to invite you to join us in October for our next live Latitude event. It's part of our How the Story Got Made series. We'll be talking to several working journalists about what it was like covering catastrophic, deadly <laughs> triggering probably European floods in July. This event is happening on October 14th at 11 a.m. Central. Just follow our Latitude Twitter account to learn more and to get the link to register. And we'll also be posting it on our website. Thank you again for joining us today for this Latitude community event. We hope you're walking away more empowered to take care of yourselves and others. Yeah, thank you so much. I would like to say one quick thing. This Saturday, I'm hosting a workshop. It's a free workshop for journalists. It's five steps to overcoming journalist burnout. So really just continuing this conversation. So if anybody's interested, feel free to message me on, on social media. I can also send that link to Aaron. Um, but thank you all so much. And thank you so much for even, you know, facilitating this conversation. I think it's, it's very important. And, and it's just another little piece of, of normalizing these conversations. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Leslie, and thank you, Carrie. We've enjoyed speaking to you. We know what life is like on that side um, and, and being on deadline. So we appreciate you being here today. Thanks, everyone. Take care.